um, it's mindfulness for touring. So it's little takeaways that people can use who might not have any awareness of mindfulness or meditation or may already have decided, you know, I don't do that fluffy bunny rabbit stuff. And it's really accessible techniques to how to just bring your nervous system down. You're going out of your mind and you have three minutes available to just try and change your mindset into something a bit more positive and useful. Just stepped off stage and you're really adrenalized and hyped. So meditation or mind, you know, little things that you can do to bring your nervous system down so that you have an alternative. If you can figure out which way your compass is pointing and what is behind that, what is your reason to get out of bed every day? What can help you make difficult decisions when you can't decide which option to go for? If you can, if you can identify your values and drop them in, it normally clarifies the situation. Welcome to the Collaborative Resource Hub by Wellness Provisions. Our mission is to bridge the gap between mental health, wellness, and music, specifically rock and roll. I'm Amy McBride, owner of Wellness Provisions, the most badass wellness business. Wellness Provisions supplies rock and rollers with high quality supplements. We give you a trustworthy place to go where you can essentially shop blindfolded. Our wellness kits were created out of a need to simplify your shopping experience and make it stress-free. You'll get the most effective nutrients in the least amount of bottles with the least trial and error. Immerse yourself in the Collaborative Resource Hub by going to our website where you'll have access to helpful resources that can nudge you in the right direction. Let's inspire each other. If that guy did it, so can you. Find the Collaborative Resource Hub interviews on YouTube, all major podcast platforms, and subscribe to our newsletter to stay in the loop. Last but not least, my legal disclaimer, nothing in this interview or the Collaborative Resource Hub substitutes medical advice. Please connect with your GP if you need medical guidance. Susie, thank you so much for making time to talk to me today. How are you? I'm good. Yes, thank you. Greetings from, uh, you know, rainy England yeah. <laughs> in summer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so at least if it's raining, then you're inside and you're not missing any sunshine. So it works. You are a uh, nutritional therapist as well as a veteran tour manager. And then you started and host uh, like an online support group called The Back Lounge. That's right. You know, I laughed just then when you said the word veteran because I've had a couple of editorials lately and they put the word veteran and that came out from the very first article was because they wanted to say my age and actually you know I'm not it's not that I'm that hung up on my age but it's like if you're female why do they always want to say how old you are I said I bet you don't ask the guys that come in your articles do they not no Oh, of course they I don't. Feel, I feel like yeah. it's just like if you've been doing it a while, like that, like who cares about your gender? If you've been doing it a while, that's awesome. Yeah. But no, they really like to put in for women how old you are. So I said, well, I don't want you to put my age then if you wouldn't do it for everyone. So they said, okay, we'll call you veteran. <laughs> wow. Okay. So let me start over. You're a tour manager. <laughs> yeah. And I'm old. <laughs> Yeah, that's... Um... Here's the first cat of the call. Oh, yeah. This is Dylan Puss Puss Presley. Cute. <laughs> He'll leave in a minute. Hopefully not oh. too much meowing if anyone's listening. Yeah. Okay, so you, you do all of these awesome things. Um, and the back lounge, so you just... So the day right now, the day we're talking that we're recording this, the interview is going to be uh, airing in two weeks from now. Um, yep. But yesterday, 
you launched your website for it. You started the group about a year ago. And uh, what was the, you know, so, Yeah, so basically what happened on this very day last year, June the 18th, um, I finally plucked up enough guts to put out a social media post on Facebook that I was feeling a bit disconnected and a bit weird. And did anyone else feel the same? And that was thinking of maybe starting a support group. And if anyone was interested, email me. And I had 50 replies in just over a day. So that was like, okay, this isn't just a me thing. And this was, yeah, June last year. And I remember at the time actually thinking, have I already missed the boat? Should I have done this in April? We'll probably be out of this quite soon. God, how, how wrong was I? And then, you know, wind on a whole year today, June the 18th, 2021. And that little group we've met every week since then, since the first one that happened after that post. And I, I couldn't even tell you how many guests and whatnot we've had through. I know people wise, we've had over a thousand people through. Um, we've got Facebook and Instagram and a mailing list. And as of yesterday, uh, a website finally. And yeah, I, I just am blown away by what this funny little group of people that's met every week has become. And it's a community. And I think it's also, it's been really inspiring and I've never felt so impassioned and kind of happy to be doing what I do because I've tour managed for a long time. I've also had a really big career break from tour managing. I really burnt out with it. Took 10 years out and almost felt like I spent more time trying to get out of the industry than trying to get into it. So it's sort of ironic that it's taken a year, well, it's kind of a year plus now, isn't it? But time off work to be able to step back from it and have a look at it and see what it is I love about it and see what it is I would like to change about it and maybe have a tiny part to play in that. So, so that has been my journey from that Facebook post last year to now. So. Yeah. What are some of like the highlights um, or the sessions that you guys have had that you feel have been like the most impactful for people? Oh gosh. I mean, we've done, we've done all sorts of things. So what happens is we have, so the group is for anyone who works as any connection, however tenuous to live touring. You know, originally it was a music industry, but it's become very much about live touring. Um, and so we've got agents that come on, managers who come on, even my visa agents, you know, were coming on until now they're snowed under in Brexit and Spanish visas and things and US visas. Um, and then awful lot of touring crew across the board from people that are just starting out to people that are nearly at retirement um, and worried about working again, you know, given the time out. We have uh, obviously Brits, this is based out of the UK, lots of Europeans, uh, lots of Americans, Canadians, even there was one point when um, a lot of Australia was in lockdown and we were getting a load of Australians at that point because it's the middle of the night for them there. So I guess like good, good call for insomniac Australians. So yeah, it's it sort of, it's got a really mad reach. And what's been really amazing about it is so many people ha have got this shared experience of what this past year has meant to them. And then going forward from that, what they hope this past year will do for our industry. Cause actually I think there could be a lot of positive that comes out of this if there's enough of us talking about it and enough of us, you know, 
making it happen and taking yeah. action. So, so the themes are led by the group, you know, what the mood of the group is. And there seems to be a very strange thing that happens, even though we're all around the world, all different ages, all different diversities. Um, there will be points where people dip and the mood seems low. And I find that so weird why that happens, it, but it really seems to like, you know, and I suppose some of the reasons were obvious, like in January, I think everyone was so excited about a new year. Uh -huh. Like everything is, that's all behind us now. That was 2020. And actually what happened was it got even worse. Yeah. And the collective mood and frustration and fear, mm -hmm. you know, just was magnified. And then what came out of that was the first little green shoots of hope that things might be starting to change and then we realized that actually a lot of us were feeling really anxious about that the world was starting to change again we were transitioning you know as sort of rumors of things opening up was happening so we ran a few calls with that theme in mind um and we did one called we actually called it stockholm syndrome and yeah when someone is being held hostage and they almost start to like that environment and they don't want to be released. Right. And the parallel was that after all this strange time in lockdown and, you know, with everything closed and restricted, that now we were really worried about the world opening up again. So whether that's, yeah, like, fear of audience. That, yeah, and your comfort yeah. shifts and like this becomes yeah. your new like reality that becomes comfortable. So leaving that then becomes weird. Yeah, you, you kind of shrink to fit your surroundings. It's a really strange thing. And I mean, who of us have ever been through anything like this before? So, so we ran, actually, that was ours. We had a really crazy amount of people on the Zoom calls at that point. We were hitting, you know, 50 plus on each call. We were doing, so the Stockholm Syndrome is a really massive one. Yeah, we did imposter syndrome as well at that time, because again, I think there's a lot of people in the music industry that suffer from imposter syndrome because... A lot of people that work in this weird, wonderful circus don't strictly have qualifications that say, I am a tour manager, I am a backline tech, I am a... So, and what happened too is when we all became unable to work in doing what we do, and then you think, God, I've got to find some other work. I better put a CV together. And then what do you put on your CV? How do you tell people, well, I'm really good at this job that I've just done for the last 25 years, but, oh, qualifications. Well, uh, you know, well, you know, but this, I work with this artist and that normally impresses people, you know, and who cares if you're not in music, you won't even have heard of them anyway. And, you know, yeah. so it was, it was a real thing. It becomes such a big thing. Um, so they were really notable. I'm giving you really long answers to your yeah. questions. But <laughs> the imposter one, I'm curious. So like the, how did, I guess, what did people take away from that call? How did they either feel better about their qualifications or like, how was it articulated? There's this amazing thing that happens when you're brave enough to put yourself out there and say, I feel like this. And then someone responds back to you and goes, so do I. And then someone else unmutes and goes, me too you know, and they're in Chicago and Brighton and, you know, you know, wherever, Latvia. And it's, it's the maddest thing that you suddenly realize that what you're feeling isn't weird. It's actually normal, whatever normal is. But, you know, yeah, it, it just, there's just something about that that validates you. 
-hmm. and makes you realize that then it's not insurmountable. If other people can do this and still get out of bed and show up for work and do that thing that they think they're pretending to do, but actually they're doing it quite well, they just don't feel like they are, well, then you can too. Yeah. So I guess like a shift in perspective and it kind of lets you take like a couple steps out of your immediate little bubble, I, I guess. Exactly, exactly yeah. that. Um, but we did one on boundaries that I really loved. And it was a loosest theme, a looser theme as that. And we talked a lot about day rates uh-huh. and that people were worried about their day rates getting renegotiated because coming out of COVID, you know, no one's got any money. People are wondering if it's even going to happen. You know, it's, so, so suddenly that was a concern. But then it was also a real realization that when you work, whatever your job is, but especially if you tour, you work with a group of people, you haven't always necessarily chosen to be with them. You know, you might love them or loathe them, but you're kind of stuck with them. (laughs) And all kinds of strange friendships, relationships, you know, boundaries get really bumped together and really squashed. And, And also between like artists, you know, and manager and artist and tour manager and tour manager and manager. And so, yeah, so we we talked a lot around that. And actually, it felt like such an important call. We're almost going to run that theme again in a slightly different way um, in July, because it just felt if ever there was a call that was so useful to people going into what we're going into now, it was probably that one. But boundaries are something, I mean, anyone, obviously, we're all human and we all have, you know, emotions and um, self-worth and all that. So I guess what are some key takeaways on putting healthy boundaries in place? This one, actually, I got into a bit of a, almost a fight with someone on Facebook or someone was trying to get me to fight about it. And it was about rates. And what it was, someone had put up about, it was on a really big crew group with about 20,000 people on it that we all need to stick together and not drop our rates. And I totally hear that and I applaud it, but I know that there's plenty of people that haven't worked and are desperate to earn money. And that is reality right now. And I know for those people, they can't afford the luxury to say, sorry, I'm not dropping my rate. I'm not taking the job. So people will work, you know, they will. And so what I I tried to respond with that and I kind of got a little bit shouted down for it. But what my point was, was, okay, so rates may fluctuate for a bit now. What we need to ensure is that they don't stay down. If they drop, that it's temporary. And that if you as a person for whatever reason decide to take on work for less money than you ordinarily would do then whether that's about putting on your invoice temporary covid rate or you know whatever you want to put it but that you very clearly state this is not my usual rate you're getting me a bit less this time but next time it ain't gonna be that and it's it's little things like that that i think is more realistic than to just say no one drop their rates and then we'll all be yeah. okay. Like an all or nothing kind of situation. Yeah. yeah. So, so that would be very much deciding in advance. Well, what is your boundary about what you get paid? What is your bottom line? If you drop, 
and you decide to drop, it's your decision. You're not backed into a corner. You're not bullied into it. And that you are empowered in your decision. And then you decide, okay, this is now, this is what I'm doing, but next week is different. And I think that's a healthy boundary. Yeah, because you're in control. Yeah, totally, totally. Here's an advert in less than 20 seconds. Did you know that Wellness Provisions offers one-on-one wellness sessions? Yep. So if you're seeking to get healthy and ahead in life, but feeling a little stuck, then book a session and let's get you unstuck. Now back to the interview. Um, I had asked you, what are the top three things within your area of expertise that you have found to help the most amount of people? And you had said listening, checking in with people and just bringing people together. So do you want to kind of explain why those three things are so important? Yeah, I wonder if I could put that into the context of part of the start of my journey of this past year was what happened was when everything shut down last March, um, I actually had COVID and I luckily wasn't too bad, um, but it definitely took quite a long time to get out of my system Mm -hmm. and it left it was a combination of that and the sort of realization that suddenly my diary just emptied and the sort of uncertainty and panic uh, around that I was really really deeply depressed on the floor with depression and I suffer from depression I've had points you know during my life when um you know when I've really hit that rock bottom and it's made me very aware that I have to look after myself and that's a lot of reason why I really got into well-being in the first place, because I know that I have to. And that if I don't, I'm in danger of, you know, falling off that cliff edge again. So what happened last summer was I was coming out of, well, I was probably still in my sort of deep depression, feeling very lost. Um, two things happened. One was I was looking for a support group. I could go and talk to other people. And I didn't want, I wasn't looking for a therapy group. I wasn't looking for 12 step. I was looking for just people who would understand my situation because I was surrounded by people on furlough or retired or you know didn't really understand and the weather was really good at the time so they were out sunbathing and it was like well this is all right isn't it and I was thinking god I've lost all my income I've got to pay my mortgage how am I gonna what happens if this is still like this next month and I was in a panic and I started going to I found a US-based support group called Backline Care who are amazing and they have really really supported me on this mad journey and that was my first thing that helped me climb out of the pit and start looking over the edge and the second thing was um I have a friend who's actually in New Zealand who I met years ago traveling and she does a bit of coaching but a life coaching and she offered me a couple of sessions um and it's funny because I hadn't spoken to her that much in the previous years and then I was spoke to her loads during lockdown which I love you know someone on the other side of the planet that suddenly I'm reconnecting and we did an exercise where she helped me identify my values and that was so profound and it's funny we've talked about that a lot with different guests that have come on the back lounge where if you can figure out which way your compass is pointing and what is behind that? What is your reason to get out of bed every day? Mm-hmm. 
what can help you make difficult decisions when you can't decide which option to go for if you can if you can identify your values and drop them in it normally clarifies the situation and it also explains to me why in 25 years working in music sometimes i've missed the point and i've hated it and i've had to get out and hit big burnout and it's always because there's somewhere in what i've been doing that my values haven't been aligned Mm-hmm. So it's been massive for me. And I feel like since I figured what those are, it's just everything has just fallen into place. And it's kind of been like a juggernaut of experiences. Since. Yeah. So they are. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to share some? Of yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't mind sharing. So um, one is connection. So this goes back to what you were just saying, what's important you know what's important to share connection is massive for me I have to be with my tribe when I'm not I'm floundering and that weirdly was the recognition that happened to me last year when I thought I need to talk to people who know what I'm feeling right the next one is freedom um I realized that I I'm never very good in work that makes me feel confined or restricted or trapped. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why I keep coming back to touring because there's so much, I mean, touring is mad as a lifestyle. It's full on, it's really stressful. It's major sleep deprivation. It's like, it's all the fun of the fair, isn't it? But you travel all over the world, you meet all these amazing people, you have all these really heightened experiences that if you're into music, you know, like moments when a show has just started for the band I'm working with and I'll go out front and I'll find a spot in the audience and I'll just stand and have a look around, I'll listen, I'll see what's happening on stage and I'll suddenly get those little, you know, the little moments of clarity that make you realize, ah, this is why I'm doing this, you know, it's that, and it's that. So that to me is kind of like freedom. The next one is diversity. Mm -hmm. Because again, I, whilst whilst everyone needs some routine, and I think some routine is important for everyone and it keeps you stabilized and grounded. And I think that's a really important thing to bring into touring. I like diversity of experience. I like different people. I like different energies. I like different places. You know, that's keeps yeah. me excited. Yeah. And it expands your, you know, challenges your mind. And I mean, that's what, that's the root of like all awesomeness is, you know, creating that growth from experience. Totally. Oh, I yeah. love that. And then the last one is the one that falls off the wagon fairly often and has caused me problems because the last one is well being. And I realized the first time I I toured initially when I started touring for 10 years and then burnt out, thought, I can't do this anymore. I can't sustain this lifestyle. I wasn't very good at drawing up boundaries. I wasn't very good at saying no to anything. Um, I was trying to look after everyone and I'd forgotten to look after myself. Um, And actually I thought, I'm out. I'm not gonna do this anymore. And I still kept connected with the industry. I started doing stuff that was more based from home, some festival work in the summer, but as for touring, it just wasn't on my radar anymore. And then what happened, I had pretty much 10 years off and that's when I 
thought I'm going to do something completely different. And I took undertook four years of nutrition training and did yoga teacher training and did massage training and a lot of training, spent a fortune on training. And uh, yeah, as you do, you do one thing and you think, oh God, now I've got to do this course too. Yeah. Never ends. Yeah, I'm still doing that. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so, but I never really thought that that world had anything to do with the music world. It didn't seem to me at the time that there was any crossover at all and that anyone would be interested. But then what happened was, it would be nearly seven years ago now, I got a completely out of the blue message from a tour manager. I used to, uh, not tour manager, a manager I had worked with previously, hadn't even spoken to in about five years. And he was looking for a tour manager. And my first reply was, I don't do that anymore. And he said, oh, do you want to know who that is? And I was like, yeah, okay. Um, and it was PJ Harvey. So then first of all, like after my ego swelled massively that I'd even been asked, you know, and my jaw had dropped, um, I ended up, I went in and talked to him and to his business partner and must have said a few of the right things and then went and met her and found out that she was really into trying to live well on tour. And it seems so obvious now, but it just hadn't occurred to me that these two worlds could actually come together in some way. Yeah. So then, yeah, then we, we embarked on this massive 18 month tour, biggest tour she's ever done. And it was so brilliant to suddenly have a skill set that outside, you know, the, the tour managing is one thing, but then it was being able to kind of look after people and contribute really good things that actually help people get along and have a better time and stay healthier and have a more enjoyable pleasant experience yeah. because of these funny things I'd picked up doing something completely different so so that got me back touring and then that whole ethos if you like I think has just massively expanded and especially over during COVID where suddenly people are really interested in how can they look after themselves? Mm -hmm. You know, touring is vitally important for most artists. That's a huge part of their income, but not everyone can sustain that lifestyle very easily. Yeah, and that was what I wanted to ask you was, um, I guess, what, what are some ways, like generally speaking, obviously, that could be implemented to have uh, more sustainable touring for you know, everyone on board, um, you know, to have just better, like, personal well-being? There's lots of little things you can do. And obviously, the first question, the first one that worries everyone is, well, doesn't that cost? Uh, and it depends how much money you have. And yeah, great. If you've got budget that you can allocate towards well-being, there's all sorts of things you can do. But there's a lot of people who tour who don't have any budget. And with that in mind, there's another group I've done a lot of work with in this past year called the Tour Production Group, who are UK based and our US equivalent is the TPA. So they're very much affiliated with us. And for the UK group, I co-run the mental welfare sessions. And we're very much trying to look at how we can make touring a better place for everyone. So we wrote a mental health charter for touring and it's a one page document and it's one page because we thought that was about as far as most people would get with reading it. Um, if it's too long, no one's gonna bother. 
and it's got really short takeaway things in there that you can do tomorrow on tour that will make your tour better for everybody it doesn't cost anything so it's not rocket science and it's come out of we had lots of discussions what can we do how can we make tours better people that work in the industry and it's everything from the fact that touring doesn't have an hr department it's made up of freelancers for the most part mm-hmm. um it's not unionized you know actually on tour there's no one really looking out for you if something goes wrong yeah and if you're the artist with luck management are looking out for you the agent probably isn't <laughs> the touring team may or may not be but if your crew no one's looking out for you you know if it doesn't work and for whatever reason something goes wrong normally you're out and the next person's in yeah so we thought knowing what the best tours that we'd been on were like and what the really bad ones had been like, because everyone's been on a bad tour and for many reasons, you know, that make it bad. Um, but if there was some structure within the group of people you're with, that there's go-to people that you can talk to if you've got an issue confidentially, um, not automatically the people at the top, because sometimes it might be the people at the top you've got a problem with. So you know, proportionately to how many people you have on the tour as to how many go-to people you might have. Yeah. But if you think about that before the tour is even left and you circulate that this tour has an open door policy, you know, we would rather that we all get on than not. We're aware of the pressure we're all under. We would be hugely grateful and you can feel that you can come and talk to these following people confidentially if there's some issue you need to raise. And we endeavor to try and sort that out to make this a better place. Yeah. It doesn't cost anything. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Then things like access to fitness facilities is a really big one. And great if you've got the budget where you have lots of hotel stops with nice hotels with swimming pools and gyms. And, and some people have that, you know, to greater or lesser extent. Um, But it could even be if you're in a van tour or whatnot, if, you know, your tour manager or production manager has actually looked at what fitness facilities are in the area when you've got a day off that, you know, that actually could go have a really good swim or, you know, there's an amazing hike near the hotel, you know, or something that means that also then brings people together. Like I've done on a tour, we all went zip lining. Oh, and it was an amazing day. Yeah, it was great. It was in Denver. That's like the best because you've got, you're bonding, you're in nature, yeah. you're in sunshine, yeah. and fresh air. And then, yeah. you know, you've used up all this energy. So you sleep well. That's like checking off so many boxes. Exactly. Because you see, there's another thing that um, we really identified. Uh, addiction and recovery is a really big thing on tour as well in touring crews. So what it was, me and my co-chair on mental welfare for the TPG, we did um, mental health first aid training, which is an amazing course, which would be the best thing ever if every tour had a trained mental health first aid person on it. But, you know, that's going to take a while. But what we thought after doing that course was what an amazing course, but we felt it hadn't really touched on addiction for us, for our industry. 
and knowing it's something we all seem to have encountered at some point or other and that's whether whether you have have had or have a problem yourself whether you've ever encountered 12 step and know what it means or whether you're working alongside crew who are having issues or who have had issues like how can you support them how can you spot when there's an issue and know how to intervene and so anyway what that did was generated um we went and spoke to a charity in the uk music support and asked them what would it cost to commission them to write a class for people to go to like a workshop mm -hmm. what that developed into was we did a fundraiser for it and we raised enough money to commission that as a workshop and then roll it out for the next two years for free. <laughs> so that, cause no one's got any money. We're all skinned, yeah. we're working. And now people still have to a certain extent, some time available to do things like that. So we, it's literally about to launch and that's in the UK and desperate to launch it in the US as well. So watch this space because the whole idea is that they're free places. It's not just to people who've got money and it's just about how we can all support each other and so things like those days off on tour that it doesn't always revolve around well let's go to a bar and you know shoot some pool and because then there might be a whole bunch of people on your tour that they're not going to go and hang out in a bar you know whether they can't because of whatever program they're on and it's too much temptation or maybe they just don't want to and they want to do something else so it's just trying to sort of treat the people you're with in a really inclusive manner and be aware of what people need and as far as you can anyway try and help people support each other you know through the mad circus <laughs> yeah do you have like um ideas of people like uh, incorporating uh, meditation or ways they could eat healthy or you know like a, from a nutrition standpoint while they're out on the road yeah, oh, hell yeah. How long you got? I know, right? <laughs> first, of all, first of all, the first thing is like, God, I couldn't have set it up more perfectly. We're, we're doing resources that are going to go on the website. Um, it's mindfulness for touring. So it's little takeaways that people can use who might not have any awareness of mindfulness or meditation or may already have decided, I don't do that. You know, I don't do that fluffy bunny rabbit stuff. Um, and it's really accessible techniques to how to just bring your nervous system down. So when you are under pressure, when you have been sat in some, you know, strip lit, no window office all day at a venue, you're going out of your mind and you have three minutes available to just try and change your mindset into something a bit more positive and useful. Or that thing that happens at the end of the night when if you're a performer, you just stepped off stage and you're really adrenalized and hyped. Yeah or your crew and you just loaded out a truck and you're like, yeah, and you want to go to sleep, but actually you better drink a few beers first just to make sure right. that you can get to sleep. Yeah. So meditation or mind, you know, little things that you can do to bring your nervous system down so that you have an alternative. Yeah. That's so good. Oh, cool. So we've just launched our website yesterday. We've got a yoga nidra, like a visualization on there as well. A relaxation technique. If you're not so into meditation, you just want to listen to something beautiful. Um, so what will happen is after the mindfulness workshop, we'll pull out resources from that. So some of the things that we learn 
we'll record, we'll upload to the website and it's free and you don't have to be a member and there's no fancy sign in. You just click and there you are, you're in. And then we've got one in August, 4th of August, um, which is sleep and jet lag. Oh, nice. Which is again, massive on tour because I kind of think it doesn't matter how healthy you eat and how much exercise you do. If you're not getting good sleep, nothing is going to yeah. work. Because what happens when you're sleeping, your body's repairing itself. So if you're not giving your body the opportunity to like recalibrate and heal, then it's like, that's it. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, the reality is, I'd love to say that, well, I think we need to change all our schedules so that we all get, you know, seven hours sleep a night. That's not going to happen. But what about then if the sleep you do get, you get a better quality of sleep? Mm -hmm. So that that's what it's about, how you can get to sleep quicker, how you can have deeper, less interrupted sleep so yeah. that it's it's useful sleep. Yeah. Optimizing so, the time that you do have. Yeah. Cool. And then the other thing, I mean, when it comes to food on tour, because it's such a big thing. Um, if you're a foodie, touring can be amazing because sometimes you get to, you know, eat the most exotic, amazing you know, and it can be a nightmare. It can just involve, you know, polystyrene takeaways and pizza boxes night after night. So if you're in any way interested in looking after yourself, it's a bit of effort. So I tend to carry quite a lot of stuff with me. I, yeah, you, see, you know, and it's funny, I was looking at your website too. And that thing about, and I loved what you said about some of the products you stock. And you said something about with as few bottles as possible. Right. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's it. There's actually, I was, um, cause I do like, they're called wellness sessions and it's sort of like a coaching thing with people about whatever, you know, if it's a, you know, supplement question or like motivation or whatever. And I was talking to a guy and he's like, I take a bunch of supplements and I'm like, cool. We were running out of time. And I was like, maybe we should set up another session to evaluate what you're taking and see if we can pare it down because it's possible. Yeah. You don't have to do a lot being successful does not mean lot, you know, a, a high quantity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your liver's got to process all that as well. So, yeah. you know, but yeah. So I always think plan in advance what you're going to do, because if you think about it before and then work out a bit of a plan as to how you're going to implement that, you're much more likely to get a bit of better nutrition in something like a Nutribullet is really easy and I'll carry powders with me. I'll have on the riders, you know, kale and lemons and ginger and coconut water and berries and it's incredible and everyone loves a smoothie <laughs> yeah and yeah, I, feel like, yeah. I feel like even for people um you know even just like small bands just trying you know in their van um the powder so i mean it's to me like that like that makes sense because I, I mean you know i've i eat healthfully i've have you know, some food sensitivities. And so for however, you know, decades, I bring my own food with me places or if I'm traveling yeah. and like, um, I'm actually going out of town tomorrow and I've got my little baggies with a protein powder, a mushroom blend powder, greens powder. So I feel like even if you can't have the fresh stuff, you can still make use of lots of powders, mix it in water and call it a day, right? Totally, I mean, exactly. And even if you can't plug in a Nutribullet and you've just got to shake a cup. I mean, it depends yeah. on the, I mean, I'll make you like shake, take two seconds. This is uh, my version of what you just said. I was just away a couple of days and I was doing different smoothies while I was away. So yeah. I have, I've mixed up three different things. Yeah. And I 
Oh, that's my hormone balancing one. And yep. uh, yeah, exactly. You know, how much room does that take up? Nothing. Yeah. I mean, and all it, it, it involves is just the think ahead and take a little bit of time to portion some baggies or just have your canisters or, you know, whatever. So yeah. do you have any other um, thoughts or advice, tips for people who... Um, I'll bring in my own my own little tagline for my business for people who want to delay dying. You know, in other words, uh, live a healthier, happier life. What do you got? Oh, you know what that makes me think of is the blue zones. Have you heard of the blue zones uh -huh. around the world? Yeah, mm -hmm. where people live the longest, and they've been studied because they live so long. And obviously, nutrition and exercise and purpose comes into it. Purpose is a big one and community. It's not always so easy to figure out your purpose. Sometimes that takes a bit of work and a bit of time and a bit of doing things you don't like to figure out what you do like. But community, I suppose, is reaching out to people around you. Awareness about what you eat. Never gonna happen all the time, is it? But at least if some of the time you can think about it and exercise as little as walking mm -hmm. or you know, and connecting as little as stepping out of venue every day and seeing the sky and just yeah. seeing where you are, because it's all too easy to jump off the bus in the morning, go into the venue, leave at night, you know, oh, bye bye, San Francisco, you were great. You know, I saw absolutely nothing, you know, yeah. you have to make an effort to engage. And I think that's what makes life interesting, isn't it? But it doesn't just land on your lap. You have to, you've got to put yourself out there. Basically, uh, one has to be willing and personally motivated to go after um, things that they know in the back of their head are good for them. You got to just do it. Action. Yes, that. That's, that, that's that. exactly what I said. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite quote? Yes, I do. The cat is sitting on my notepad. Perfect. It's over. Okay, I love this. It literally puts me goosebumps every time. Whatever you can do or dream you can do, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. And it's goeth. So, yeah, I think uh, today, this time last year, I put out a Facebook post saying, I feel disempowered. Does anyone else? And a year later, I've got a community of over a thousand people. <laughs> And I can't wait to hit the road and meet some of them because I think, God, it's going to be wild walking into a festival and going, oh, I've seen you on Zoom. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And true, the quote also speaks to like, you know, wrapping up um, just the advice stuff is uh, you have to take the action. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. You do. And it's, you know, sometimes it's a scary step, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I think we can get lazy if we're not careful um and a little bit of discomfort sometimes is not a bad thing there's something i read i don't remember what book it was but i wrote it down and it's on my door because i have a few random things on my door and it's uh successful people embrace fear and discomfort so love it yeah, yeah. welcome it. change yeah um, yeah do you uh do you have anything cool coming up that you want to share on or yeah, I'll send you links if there's a place you can put them. The three workshops, people are welcome. They're free. You just got to sign up. It's on Eventbrite. Uh, the website's live. That's going to be evolving. 
because we're going to keep adding resources there the touring folk to just um we want to do sleep stories like i don't know if you know the car map where they have different celebrities read bedtime stories so if you can't sleep <laughs> oh i've heard of that yeah yeah, yeah we're yeah. gonna do the, we're gonna do the roadie version <laughs> watch this space because I think that's going to be fun um yeah it's it's just uh all about building the community we meet every Wednesday it's 6 p.m BST mm -hmm. everyone is welcome we're on Facebook we're on Instagram we've got the website lots of ways to connect with us now so pass on through you know you don't have to sign up for anything it never costs anything it's all free you know, you I was got on the website too, actually, you know, you're part of it just by showing up. And the idea too is, you know, as we go back to work and hit the rough spots, that there's a whole group of people we can reach out to mm -hmm. for a bit of support. So you're never alone. Amazing. You are doing such cool stuff. And I just love that all of the resources, you know, they don't cost and it's so accessible. And you guys cover so many important topics and uh it's, I mean, like to say it's valuable is just like an understatement. So thank you for everything that you do and for taking time to share on here. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm watching your website all the time too. So thank you. Awesome. All right. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks. Bye.